Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of lithium from the psychiatry section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a brief overview about psychiatric medications. Psychiatric medications can be broken down into the following categories, antidepressants, antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, including lithium, and anxiolytics. In terms of the mechanism of action, lithium is a mood stabilizer. The mechanism is unknown, but it may be related to inhibition of phosphoinositol recycling in neurons. In terms of the indications and clinical use, it is used in mood disorders, including bipolar disorder, major depressive disorder, and reducing the suicide risk in bipolar disorder and major depressive disorder. It is also used in SIADH. In bipolar disorder, it is used for acute treatment of mood episodes and maintenance therapy, including prevention of future episodes. For major depressive disorder, it is used as an adjunctive treatment for some patients who have failed treatment with an antidepressant alone. Let's now review the toxicity and side effects of lithium. In terms of the toxicity, it has a very narrow therapeutic index. The following are points that help better illustrate the very narrow therapeutic index of lithium. Lithium requires blood monitoring. Its toxicity may be seen at levels higher than 1.5 milliequivalents per liter. There's an increased risk for toxicity in patients who are volume depleted or hyponatremic, and you should use lithium with caution if you're adding hydrochlorothiazide, NSAID, or ACE inhibitor together with the use of lithium. And lastly, loop diuretics do not increase its toxicity. Other toxicity findings of lithium include tremor, where coarse tremors indicate likely toxicity, sedation, ataxia, acne, edema, heart block, and as lithium is exclusively excreted by the kidneys and reabsorbed at the proximal convoluted tubule with sodium, long-term use may cause a glomerulopathy. Other toxicity findings include hyperparathyroidism, hypothyroidism, polyuria as it is an ADH antagonist that results in nephrogenic diabetes insipidus, and this is the reason for its use in SIADH, along with leukocytosis and teratogenesis if given in pregnancy. This may include cardiac malformations, including Epstein anomaly in the first trimester. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 19-year-old college student presents to her university student mental health center complaining of anxiety. She describes this as, quote, many different thoughts jumping around in my head, accompanied by restlessness. She reports staying up late for the past week studying for final exams and estimates sleeping less than three hours per night during this time. She rates her energy level as, quote, normal and mood as, quote, on edge. During the interview, she talks nonstop while walking around the room and makes comments about being the, quote, smartest person in this whole school. Her prior psychiatric history is notable for a depressive episode in high school, which resolved with psychotherapy. She has no medical problems and takes no medications. Which of the following is an appropriate long-term treatment for her condition? 1. Buspirone 2. Clonazepam 3. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy 4. Fluoxetine or 5. Lithium And the correct answer choice is answer choice 5, lithium. This patient is in a hypomanic episode with decreased need for sleep, 
racing thoughts, irritability, and grandiosity for approximately five days and has had prior depressive episodes indicating bipolar disorder, which is best treated with a mood stabilizer such as lithium. Remember, bipolar disorder involves episodes of mania or hypomania and depression. Bipolar 1 disorder is diagnosed after at least one manic episode, which can include things like at least one week of elevated or irritable mood, grandiosity, decreased need for sleep, pressured speech, flight of ideas, distractibility, psychomotor agitation, and or increased hedonistic activities with or without psychotic features and with or without depressive episodes. Bipolar 2 disorder involves hypomanic episodes, which involves the same symptoms as mania, but fewer of them, and for at least four days, with less impairment and no psychotic features or hospitalization, and depressive episodes of two weeks of depressed mood, anhedonia, change in appetite or weight, change in sleep, psychomotor agitation or retardation, fatigue, worthlessness, poor concentration, and or suicidal ideation. The mainstay of bipolar disorder treatment is a mood stabilizer such as lithium or valproic acid or certain atypical antipsychotics such as quetiapine or aripiprazole which have mood stabilizing effects. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, buspirone, is an anxiolytic medication used for generalized anxiety disorder. Though this patient initially complains of, quote, anxiety, her symptoms and mental status exam findings are more suggestive of hypomania than an anxiety disorder. Answer choice two, clonazepam is a benzodiazepine, which is not a long-term treatment for bipolar disorder. Answer choice three, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is evidence-based short-term psychotherapy, could be a useful adjunct for depressive episodes in this patient, but does not treat hypomania and is not a substitute for a long-term mood stabilizer in the treatment of bipolar disorder. And finally, answer choice four, fluoxetine is an SSRI antidepressant, which should not be used as a monotherapy for bipolar disorder, as it could trigger mania or hypomania. In summary, bipolar disorder is treated with mood stabilizers such as lithium or atypical antipsychotics with mood stabilizing properties. Next question. A 27-year-old P1G1 who has had minimal prenatal care delivers a newborn female infant. Exam reveals a dusky child who appears to be in distress. Her neck veins are distended and you note an enlarged V wave. She has a holosystolic murmur. Following echocardiogram, immediate surgery is recommended. For which of the following conditions was the mother likely receiving treatment during pregnancy? 1. Depression 2. Hypothyroidism 3. Diabetes 4. Bipolar disorder or 5. Hypertension And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4. Bipolar disorder this infant is suffering from Epstein's anomaly, often linked to the use of lithium during pregnancy. Lithium is commonly used for the treatment of bipolar disorder. Remember, Epstein's anomaly is one of the major cyanotic heart lesions and is characterized by apical displacement of the tricuspid valve leaflets, decreased right ventricular volume, and atrialization of the right ventricle. The resultant tricuspid regurgitation results in the enlarged V-wave. Echocardiography shows a delayed closure of the displayed tricuspid valve, causing tricuspid regurgitation. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. Ward and Zamorski discussed the risk and benefits of psychiatric medicines during pregnancy. While patients who have experienced two or more episodes of mania are recommended to continue lifetime mood stabilizer therapy, lithium, valproic acid, 
and carbamazepine are all known teratogens. First trimester lithium exposure is associated with a tenfold increase in Epstein's anomaly. The second citation, by Lee Wellen et al., review the use of lithium during lactation. Lithium is excreted in human breast milk and will result in elevated serum levels in nursing infants. This can result in electrocardiogram abnormalities and hypotonia. Breastfeeding is therefore recommended against in women taking lithium. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, the most common therapy for depression is a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. These medications are not associated with Epstein's anomaly or other congenital malformations. Answer choice 2, mothers with hyperthyroidism must continue their thyroid supplementation during pregnancy. This is not associated with Epstein's anomaly or other congenital malformations when taken appropriately. Answer choice 3, mothers who are insulin-dependent diabetics must continue therapy during pregnancy. Insulin requirements can fluctuate during pregnancy, so careful monitoring is required. Insulin therapy is not associated with Epstein's anomaly. And finally, answer choice 5, antihypertensives associated with developmental defects include angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors or ACE inhibitors. These medications can cause major congenital malformations, stillbirths, and neonatal deaths. Reported fetal abnormalities include renal dysplasia, oligohydramnios, intrauterine growth retardation, pulmonary hypoplasia, patent ductus arteriosus, and incomplete ossification of the skull. And that's all for this review about lithium. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 Podcast.